Amanda Gang, mount up. You like that, Sheldon? <laughs> well played. Well played. Thank you. Uh, we are back for the second half of the two-part season premiere. I refuse to call it like episode 1B or whatever they're trying. Whatever CBS is trying to tell us. This is episode two of the Challenge USA. See, I'm going to zag on you here, right? Oh, I'm going to zag on you here. Because so this is, you know, episode two of the Challenge USA, season two of the Challenge USA, episode two. Did I get that? Yeah. Anyways, yeah. episode 249 of the See You Killed It pod. And the reason I'm zagging, though, is because I didn't realize this. This show appears to be airing on Thursdays and Sundays like yeah. for the season. I thought that it was just going to be the first Sunday because it was the premiere. Do you know what I mean? Like it was still, as they were calling it, the two-part premiere. But essentially, if it's going to continue going Thursday and Sunday, I mean, I feel like it is episode two. I So I have more, I have more thoughts on this. But first, I just want to say one thing. I'm John Chidley Hill. <laughs> and I am Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the podcast talking about the challenge. Here's what I want to say. I think it's a huge mistake to split this show up over two episodes every week. Let me tell you why. First of all, they already have three episodes a week of Big Brother. Um, and that includes they're at different times. They are at, I want to say it's uh, 8 p.m. on Mondays and Wednesdays and then 9 p.m. on Thursdays. That's already like a big ask. And like, I actually, I honestly, I enjoy watching Big Brother, but mm -hmm. to ask people to tune in to CBS three times a week. And then additionally, I mean, another hour on Thursdays and then also Sundays, that's a big ask. And what's starting in two weeks that is on Sundays typically? Exactly. Yeah. And CBS also carries golf on Sundays. Mm -hmm. so like cbs you are asking too much of your viewers i'm gonna zag again oh i God. think this is all strategic and you know the it's interesting watching the networks like obviously the network's goal is to keep you on their channel as long as possible right like obviously we understand that but yeah. i feel like it's more so of an internet thing whether you're thinking of youtube whether you're thinking of whatever it is just to keep you sitting there and watching for as long as possible. And all those things you mentioned are totally true, but you have to think of it in terms of long-term where I think some of these shows, they got to still spin off into their other properties like Paramount Plus, right? So they're going to keep all these people's attention. And then there's going to be, because remember, they're going to go with the challenge world and all that stuff. So you're trying to get people to watch Big Brother, which you already know is one of your smashes. And then you're going to, you know, extend the challenge world, which they've already done going from one episode a week on CBS to now two episodes a week on CBS right after Big Brother. And that's kind of how you build the brand out. Right. And I mean, whether we like it or dislike it, that's kind of just what it is. And if you're CBS exec right now, you're sitting there saying, hey, if we can maintain the challenge and we can maintain Big Brother, next thing you know, Boom, football season's here. We're winning that 4 o'clock time slot with Tony Romo and Jim Nance, whatever golf they still got on. You know, same thing. 
I don't know. It it makes sense. As much as I still yearn for the MTV challenge, what they're doing right now with the brand, I can't really complain about it. It's a smart business move. So we should note the MTV version of the challenge is coming back. Oh, I didn't even realize that. I thought oh, it was sh- over forever. I thought it was gone forever. No, they have a season that they're filming right now. Like I've seen the promos for it. Okay. And everyone who's on it has never won before. Like you have no returning champions. So familiar wow. faces, but no one that's a returning champion. Interesting. Interesting. I'm actually, I'm quite intrigued by it. Um, uh, and obviously we're going to recap that as well. Hopefully yeah. they give us poor beleaguered, uh, podcasters a break and have like at least a week off between the two shows, but probably not. Well, we remember will... that three year period where we did like a podcast every single week for three years because they had the all stars, not all stars, the champs versus champs pros, versus, yeah, 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 and then champs, champs versus, versus stars, stars. yeah, yeah. Oh, I definitely remember. And we will continue to recap them though, as long as people don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe to wherever you get this podcast, wherever you're listening right now. Just support the movement that is this You Killed It pod. Bless us with a like if you're listening. Hit us in the comments. Send us in your comments of what you think of this episode, of this season so far. You know, follow along. Just because there's so much happening with this episode. And I will say episode one I thought was okay. You know, wasn't I the, like the, the necessary I like this banner. episode better. This episode totally with you. Did a lot. This was a lot closer to you know what we're used to getting down to in Challenge Land, and also, I mean, there's going to be a lot of Amanda talk, obviously, in this episode. Yeah, but I would tell people to go to Amanda's Twitter page and just follow her. She's live tweeting during each episode, so that is a fun you know time. you know what we've got to do. We got to get Amanda on the pod. That's that's the solution. That's fair. Totally fair. Um, we got to get Amanda on. We got to get Michelle on as well. Someone else we'll talk about a lot during this episode. I mean, I think that's going to be a tall order uh, to get Michelle on. Listen, listen, we got to try. You know, all, all we can do is our part and, and put it out there, put out the positive vibes. We'll get to it. Or, I mean, I guess we'll get to it super early because, you know, <laughs> right away we pick up where we left off from episode one. And TJ, I noticed right away, said, you know, this is the biggest twist of the season. And when he said that, I was like, okay, so someone big is going in, right? Like, it was kind of obvious. That's what I thought. And then he says, Lewis is safe, which was very interesting because how this broke down, there were 16 balls that were in the hopper for the men, and only four of them were for the women. So the chances that Lewis being safe and then – it's going to be one of the women. Just, I'm not good at math, but some quick maths tell me that three of the four balls are for Michelle. Things are not going well for you, Michelle, here. And this <laughs> led right into all the people who might not be familiar with the challenge ways. You got a nice glimpse into that right there as Michelle gets voted in and she immediately turns to Amanda and says, bleep you, I know you navigated this vote which isn't really true, but no. Amanda doesn't care. And she just says, prove it, bitch. We could talk about it later. I love this. What did I, you think? I love Amanda. Uh, Long time <laughs> listeners know, big Amanda fan. Yep. She's She is in my top five 
like sort of contemporary competitors, I'd say these days. Okay. Uh, you know who number one is. <laughs> um, but uh... like I thought it was funny and like frustrating to see she's catching strays. Like maybe we're wrong. Maybe she did have a hand in this. We didn't see her do anything to vote Michelle. In. We didn't see her lobby anyone. We didn't see her have any hand in this. She just no. like, she's just like the usual suspect. <laughs> <laughs> and so I know that you are trying to be kinder to Michelle this season. No, that's not even it. Like my thing is, if I'm Michelle, I would think the same thing. Like in all honesty, like I'm not doing a bit here. If I'm Michelle, I would obviously think that Amanda is trying to organize me going in. That would definitely be my but thought. Here's here's the thing. If it's one thing to think it, it's another thing to speak it aloud in mm. front of everyone. Yeah, that's totally like, fair. Our and criticism that drew criticism, our criticism of Michelle that drew criticism from Michelle mm -hmm. was that we were saying that she does too much. Yeah. And this is like a little baby, a sprinkle of doing too much. It's not a well, full blownsy doing too much, but it's like it's a little it's a little taste, a little salt bay of doing too much. <laughs> well, there's so much going on here because uh, going to Amanda's Twitter account, which I feel like is something that we definitely should do here. Amanda says, like as she's live tweeting the show, she just laughing, ha ha ha, get down there, you old hag. And she also <laughs> tweets out. Yeah, bitch, let's talk when we are face-to-face. -face. Don't act tough a mile away. And then someone else writes that they edited out Amanda yelling, I hate you, to Michelle during the elimination. They sh And they showed it in every single trailer. So I forgot that part of the trailer. But you're, they're right. They didn't actually show that in the actual episode. Um, Amanda says they also didn't show her and Josh getting into an argument during the elimination either, which, okay, Josh, I guess that means you're saving a lot of Josh. Cause we know Josh can't be quiet, right? So when there's smoke going on, Josh definitely has to be involved. Um, let's get to the actual elimination though, right? Because Michelle's going in and right away, I'm going to be honest with you. And I'm prefacing this because, yes, there's tongue-in-cheek nature that we talk about Michelle because of what happened at the end of last season that we did, You Killed It. But in all honesty, I was genuinely rooting for Michelle because I don't know Amira at all, whereas I know Michelle is going to provide entertainment if she remained in the house. Like, it was going to be hilarious if she stayed in the house. She is drama. She is entertainment. I don't know Amira at all. So losing Michelle in the first, like from a from a viewer standpoint, from someone that has to like talk about the show after, I know that it was gonna be fuego fire flames of just drama if Michelle won and came back into the house. So I was rooting for Michelle. I genuinely wanted her to win. Who did you want to win this first elimination between Michelle and Amira? Everything you're saying is sound and logical. I can't dispute that. However, when all was said and done, I was disappointed to see Michelle won. Like, that was oh. my gut emotional response, and I even noted it in my notes. I'm like, oh, I was rooting against Michelle. <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't realize it. I do. I want to talk about this elimination, though, because there's some, like, things that I picked up on. I'm sure you did as well. It was called Slam Dunk. Mm -hmm. 
basically, uh, they have to get all the floating plastic balls, like a Chuck E. Cheese ball pit, out of a water tank as fast as possible. They are uh, hanging from a harness and getting dunked into it. And they get dunked 15 times. There are 1,500 balls, which means ideally you're getting out more than 100 balls every drunk, every dunk, right? Yeah. Something I found interesting was that Bananas and Polly were helping Michelle. Like they were giving her tips, like mm-hmm. making suggestions. I think I heard Bananas also giving advice to Amira. But it was an interesting look to me that Bananas and Polly were both working to try to keep Michelle in the house when she would, in theory, not be competition necessarily for them because she's a woman and they're like, there's a women's prize and there's a men's prize on the season, but that she would be competition for women who are ostensibly their allies. Right, yeah. Tori, John A, maybe Amanda. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was <laughs> yeah, interesting yeah. to see. I do think that what Bananas tends to do is give advice to anyone, especially mm-hmm. in these like irregular format challenge shows. Like not a true challenge, but like you know, uh, champs versus stars or whatever. Like I feel like he's more inclined to just like spit out advice in general, um, and like maybe Johnny was putting on his producer hat and being like, same way, exactly what you were like, let's keep Michelle on the show. She's good TV, but also just like strategically, if you're anyone, you think you would want Amira to be the one to win. Like if you're in the house, you should have wanted Amira to win. Not if you're the vets though, right? Like I think if you're the vets, you want Michelle to stay because you already know that you're outnumbered. And this early in the game, you need numbers. And they would think they would think that Michelle's on their side. They might not know what Michelle's actually doing. And even if you can't trust each other, you might think early we have to trust each other just to maintain the numbers. I don't know. Like Wes has sort of made his career on rallying rookies around his cause. Fair. Totally right. Right. Yeah. I mean, we've, t- we've talked about this a lot in the past. What Johnny does is Johnny always builds alliance based off of who he knows, who he trusts, mm-hmm. who he has longstanding relationships with. Wes always sort of cobbles together an alliance season by season. <laughs> and, like, he's sort of influenced by, like, the shape of the house, right? Like, this season, I think we're seeing that Wes is sticking with the challenge vets because he's sort of forced to like he he can't break away from them so he is like doubling down with them but like i think wes would be capable of forging an alliance with rookies yeah yeah no i totally agree with you and i think that you know this was an interesting one because well we'll get into the strategy of what we think should be happening as opposed to what's actually happening in a bit but um I thought this actual challenge was, or this elimination was a really good one, despite the fact it might not have come across as good on TV because it's a tough one to film, right? But it's pretty interesting, pretty fun looking, like it looked really hard. And I thought, as you mentioned, Johnny Bananas helping, that strategy I thought made sense, right? Like the big thing early is to get more balls into the same sort of portion of the pool. And then that way you're maximizing the time that you have when you're trying to knock them out of the pool. Um, I thought that part was really cool. Uh, Michelle. I also thought on that note, part of Johnny's strategy 
was that you want to be getting out at least two balls with each swipe, mm -hmm. right? And I noticed at one point Amira was just doing like one handsy, yeah. like one at a time. And like mm -hmm. I wrote down like that's not going to fly. Like with each, I think the real thing is, especially early on, is you want to be sweeping balls in a wave out and like take like have the water crest over the lip of the tank Correct. and take like 10 15 20 balls with it, it with each wave mm -hmm. correct and i guess the move totally agree and at one point it looked from one of the overhead shots like amira was up by a lot which i mean is a quick shot that it's not like i froze it and tried to count but it ended up being very close michelle ends up winning uh 1000 319 balls out for Michelle, uh, 1,301 for Amira. So Amira's out, Michelle stays, and I thought this was great because, as I mentioned, the chaos was going to come. And she wins it. She gets a chance to what they're calling the power of defection, which is great titling there, right? Like, I'm big on wordplay. Obviously, we work in the industry and headlines and, you know, font keys and stuff like that. So the power of defection just has a great name to it. Perfect for reality TV. But essentially, you get a chance to take someone else's spot on another team, or you can stay on your team. She ends up staying with Team Red Flag. Was that the right move? No. Hard no. <laughs> Two reasons. Yes. The first reason is Team Red Flag is called Team Red Flag for a reason. You got Josh, <laughs> Johnny, and Polly on that team. That team is a ticking time bomb. Mm -hmm. Number two, if you're so convinced that Amanda is the one who navigated, I'm doing air quotes for those just listening, navigated you getting voted in, the yep. move is to join Amanda's team. Yeah. So she can't, like, if you real, if you're convinced in that moment that she's the one responsible for you going in be on her team she can't put you in yeah right no, I, or I, that's I that totally she agree. can't it's not that she can't put you in obviously michelle got a vote from john a but it limits her ability to put you in because her fate is tied to yours yeah it, it was an interesting move i didn't really understand it she i don't know i don't know why she did that but i think it could be we'll get to her like real breakdown soon but I think what it could be, she's trying to stay close to the vets. And there's a lot of vets on that team, as you just mentioned. And a lot of, like, big personality vets that could hold some sway. So it's probably better for her to stay close to them, right? To, like, know what they're doing. Knowing that she has her other side in terms of uh, her, like, survivor crew, right? All, like, you know, she knows she has them. So it's good to keep close to Johnny, who's going to hold a lot of sway. Josh, who's who thinks he's running a lot of meetings and all that stuff. So I kind of understand it. And also, I think you kind of just want to see where things lie. And I also think it's big for her to stay on that team to try to find out who was the one that turned on her as well. But yeah. before we get to that, <laughs> we get back to the house. And I'm going to go back to Amanda's Twitter page because she says... <laughs> There's a quote where she says, why didn't they show me telling her she's a sloppy wino who drunk dials MTV guys every night at home begging for some D? <laughs> Jesus. Again, if you're not following Amanda on Twitter, 
I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I was trying to bring up these tweets on our YouTube so you could see the video, but it doesn't really matter because I'm just reading the tweets anyways. But you will have a great time if you just sit there and go to MTV Amanda is her is her uh, Twitter handle. And it is just fuego fire of just jokes. Um, she's retweeting fans. So she's someone who's good if you want to interact with her as well. As someone put in that she's not fighting over Fessy. Michelle is a fake, Michelle is a fake friend and a snake, which is the entire point. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, Amanda is just like straight entertainment. But interestingly, get- Michelle did not tweet at all. She hasn't Ooh. tweeted at this point in five days. Interesting. I haven't checked. I have not checked. I got to say that. Um, Amanda also says, we, ha, 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 we swung and missed. It's okay. We'll get her next time. Stay packed, granny. <laughs> Which is also funny. Uh, Michelle is 32. Like yeah. she and Amanda, there's like a four-year difference. Like they're really not that big an age gap. So this fight, this made me so happy when I saw this argument back and forth when they're back in the house, cause this is the challenge, right? Like I love the, the challenge. I think they did a great job with the competitions. The competitions are really good, but I like the mix of physical competition and then verbal competition. That's what I love about this show. And Amanda, the reason why we, we like enjoy Amanda being on the show so much is cause she wants to smoke in all forms and she's calling yeah. Michelle, saying you know you were up there talking like a big dog and now you got nothing to say here in the house that was my line that was my line of the episode you're a big dog out there be a big dog in here <laughs> line of the episode i There's, love it i gotta say this was one thing i missed about last the first episode was that there was not a lot of great one-liners lots of oh. great one-liners on this episode totally way agree. better totally agree because my I, I don't know how I feel like I wrote down a bunch of line of the episodes, but I have this one in front of me and it's from this argument. And cause they go back and forth and Amanda says, I'm sorry, Fessy didn't like you and dropped you when he saw me <laughs> <laughs> and they smash cut to Fessy, which is a clear edit, right? Of just Fessy, just randomly chilling, but it worked so perfectly <laughs> because bananas, bananas is there. And he's like, Bessie, come here. Come control your women. (laughs) I liked Dusty's face where he's just like, (gasps) like eyes and mouth wide open. Just and like, because he's the he was on Amazing Race, but he's a self-described challenge super fan, right? Like he is so he's loving it. Like he is living his dream. Like this is this is his best life. We've got very little Fessy. Like Fessy's not saying much at all. But it's so funny because like so much of this is still centered around Fessy. Like it's still so hilarious to me, but I don't know. I thought that was a funny back and forth and a good, as you mentioned, this isn't really going down on Survivor, right? This isn't going down on Big Brother. Not like this, right? I have a question for you. So Fessy has three X's in this house. Okay. Or, or three former situations in this house. Situationships. Situationships. Would you willingly spend up to six weeks in a house that includes three of your former situationships? So here's the thing. If it was just me and them, no. Okay. But because there's other people involved, yeah. 
because there's a lot of other people involved, especially at the start of the, the house. There's a lot of other people there and maybe a lot of other potential situationships, <laughs> right? Also, it's a big house. So if it was that bad, like you could be at other corners of the house. And let's be honest, right? Like their beef is with each other. Most of their beef isn't really about him like it's not like he's involved in the mix like fessy lied to me and told me that like none of this really involves him like he's really to the side while they're still arguing and bickering like we even got the amanda and tori sort of like their playful banter back and forth which also has a bit of fessy involved in it as well right yeah but like again none of it is actually being said that hey this is about fessy do you know what I mean? No. Like, it's not overtly about Fessy. He's definitely so, fuel on that fire, but he's not the root cause. Exactly. And for that reason, if I was him, yeah, I got I got no issue with that. And especially if you're telling me $250,000, I mean, yeah, I could handle that for six weeks. I mean, you're assuming that Fessy's going to win $250,000, which he definitely will not. <laughs> but also, we know that they're not either. So he might not even be in the house for that log with all of them. That's true. I, I feel like uh, Michelle and Amanda are not long for this season. <laughs> no, but while they're here, they they're might they might not be here for a good time. Oh, sorry. They might not be here for a long time, but they're here for a good time. And we appreciate that. There uh, is an important scene that follows up mm -hmm. the fight between Amanda and Michelle, if we can call it a fight, a heated exchange. Exactly. The yeah. red team gets together to be like, hey, uh, we got nine votes. <laughs> and there's <laughs> eight people on the other team. And Bananas, who clearly read Wikipedia before coming on this season of the challenge, says, you don't need to be Copernicus to do the math. Someone on our team voted for us. Mm -hmm. Um I don't think of Copernicus as a as a mathematician primarily, <laughs> but like he certainly was a scientist. Yep. I don't know. I think I think there's other choices, mm -hmm. but Newton, Euclid, you know, that's fine. That's fine. Teach their own bananas. Um, it's Johnny Bananas, though. How many mathematicians <laughs> do you think Johnny Bananas knows? I don't think he knows any. That's why I'm saying he read Wikipedia. I think he did some research. He's like, oh, if there's a math joke, <laughs> I'm gonna pull out the Copernicus burn. Um, but they quickly are like, okay, so we got nine votes. John A is not in this team meeting. <laughs> She's not even <laughs> wearing the jersey. Does anyone know who she voted for? No. Actually hilarious. <laughs> that was pretty good. And like kind of sloppy play by John A, who normally runs a tight ship. Like I really respect John A as a player. And I'm sort of like, that was like, like, I like that she voted for Michelle and like, it, oh, it kind of worked, right? Like for all we know, it was John A's vote that was, got picked out of the hopper, right? Yeah. But also like she should have done something to cover her track. She should have at least said to someone like, oh yeah, I'm going to vote for, I don't know, Wes or something. Like she, she should have said something. The problem is though, I think at that stage, you got to know how good your lying game is. Yeah, And if she just has a bad lying game or a bad poker face, then mm -hmm. to go in and have some big blowout about, well, it wasn't me. It must have been you because blah, blah, blah. Like, and maybe that did happen. They just didn't show it. You know, like, I feel like that would have been an old school challenge when they got like 
two hours to stretch their legs out in an episode, an hour and a half or whatever, where you might have gotten that back and forth. It wasn't me, I swear. But it really wasn't necessary because it's kind of obvious to figure out, you know, who it would have been, especially when you don't show up to the meeting. But speaking of meetings, we get Desi, Tiffany, and Chanel talking about how they can't trust any of the vets, but they trust Michelle, which I thought was interesting. And we'll get to that a little later because, you know, the second challenge, which I thought this was a great challenge. And I'm normally, longtime listeners will know, I'm not normally a fan when it's just, hey, they're above water and they're going to fall in water. Like, I feel like it's just a go-to that happens all the time. But yeah. I thought this was a little interesting, just the way that this one worked, because it looked really, really hard. And it gave me um, American Gladiator-type vibes. Yeah. Right? It was swinging across. And we haven't spoken about this, the next. by the way. Did you watch the American Gladiators um, documentary on Netflix? I haven't, but it's on the list. It's on the yeah. list. For you, Sheldon, and for our listeners, go out of your way to watch the documentary on Netflix about the American gladiators. Super interesting. And like, obviously if you like the challenge, I can assume you like American gladiators, really interesting show. Yeah, no, I'm definitely in and will tune into that for sure. Um, this challenge though, I thought was super cool. You have all three teams up. There's going to be two heats. You each stand on your own platform and you basically have to swing across to another platform using only these poles that are hanging above you. Now, this looked pretty hard, first off. But I got to give credit to your man's Johnny Bananas. Because what did he do right away? What did he, how did he kind of like lay this out for his team, John? He explained that it's all about momentum. It's as soon as you like start, like grab onto, he called them lollipops. As soon as you grab onto a lollipop, on that first swing, you got to grab the next one. And also, like, it's more of anything a race against time because you are in a race against your own fatigue. Yes. Right? And we saw some pretty athletic people, including, we'll call it out now, Polly, be like, my forearms are burning. Like, I can't, like, I can't hang on. Uh, he was in the second heat, but Bananas was done in, like, a minute. Like he yeah. just swung across, landed, and then he was in a position to start helping his teammates by pushing the lollipops out to them, by grabbing them to like help them across like the last swing. Um, great strategy, great coaching from him. And the coaching is important. We're going to talk about it in, in uh, another section, but totally. the coaching's a, a big deal. Yeah, no, you're totally right about that. And the other part about what Banana said is you're racing against the time for sure and against your own muscle fatigue. But also I thought was cool how he spoke about the men going first because you're obviously heavier, so it's going to be easier for you to gain the momentum swinging. And then you have the lighter people, the women, going after because they're able to, to sort of play off of the momentum that you've already created. And so in that instance, and then obviously what you mentioned, if you get across first, you're able to then pull and help people up. It was just great. And it was also just great to see people like fall off and hear the classic TJ laugh. Yeah. I thought that was really fun to hear that. I, um, liked, uh, I liked how I think it was Bananas described mm -hmm. Josh. Yeah, he said it's <laughs> almost like watching a candle melt, watching Josh slide off of this. For whatever reason, I thought it was so funny seeing people as like everyone starts off and their feet are on like the bulb at the bottom but yeah. of the pole. 
but as the competition wears on, you see them like kneeling mm -hmm. and then sitting on the bulb and then you see them hanging on to like two or three and it was so funny seeing people like desperately hold on to like three or four of the poles trying not to fall down great visuals yeah. in this yeah it was really good uh, other great visuals michelle falling and then amanda essentially having her own personal competition with michelle yeah. as michelle's out and amanda's just trolling her and again go to amanda's twitter because great commentary there she just like trolling michelle even more um sebastian makes it across uh chris made it across meanwhile Luis fell Polly fell team red red flag is done as you mentioned and the thing that i found really funny was that <laughs> okay so as you we look at like the what ends up happening at the end right team three had team green part of me had three people still left and amanda is right there she's right at the edge and at that point we're seeing how difficult this is, but I had to almost like put myself in that position and think about everything that you described earlier, how tired you would be at that point. And then you have to pull yourself up onto the platform because there's no one else there to help you. And Amanda pulls herself up and she makes it while Michelle is cheering, fall, 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 fall. <laughs> and Amanda makes it up there. She's so happy. She's jumping up and down, but it's like, hey, you got two other teammates there as well. And I thought this teamwork was so good because Amanda turns around, she pulls up Desi, and then Tyler is there. And you could tell Tyler is so tired. He's about to fall, but he swings, gets his legs up on the platform, and then Desi and Amanda pull Tyler up. And when that starts to happen, I was actually worried. Like, it's rare that I'm watching the challenge and I'm like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. But in that moment, I was like, yo, if Tyler falls, he could fall on his neck. Like, it's a yeah. dangerous move, what he was trying to do. And putting a lot of faith in Desi and Amanda to pull him up there. That was just a great performance by Team Green. And to get the three points there massive performance what did you make of that move there by tyler and amanda and desi shouts to desi by the way so are you familiar with tyler like do you do you know his work vaguely like once you mention it i'm gonna remember but i do remember like big brother and obviously his last uh season on the challenge he's very super athletic dude does he do like rock climbing or surfing or some shit like that yeah he does those things and he does yoga so okay. I watched a season of uh, Big Brother that he was on. I did and, as well. And he was like, he's really athletic. The problem is he lacks mental toughness. Like that's gotcha. his big drawback, right? Mm -hmm. And so it was such a like apt metaphor to see like he was almost there physically, but he literally needed other people to pull him like the final bit, mm -hmm. right? And... It, you're right it was a risk and when they did it i was like oh man like how is this gonna and like you are totally right that if they failed he would have fallen on his head which could have been a disaster but also like i don't know what the weight difference is between him and amanda like he's not a huge guy but like still uh, yeah she's quite petite and like if she didn't let go fast enough like she could have been hauled off yeah right like she or desi could have had dislocated shoulders or fingers <laughs> like it was like it was high risk high reward for sure 
but yeah. it, impressive too. Like I was impressed. My dude, I was so impressed. And Amanda's giving all the credit to Desi. She's like, Desi grabbed his fucking toe. <laughs> right? yeah. She says, bro, Desi is a beast. Like she, she was giving all the praise to Desi for sure. But also, I mean, that's just great teamwork. That's just great hustle. Plus, plus adrenaline's flowing, right? And I feel like you become even more gassed up in the moment. Like, oh shit, I can't drop this guy, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, So there that was, was just moment. awesome to see. They were holding on to his foot, and he was wearing, like, I think they all were wearing, like, uh, what are those called? Uh, swim shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought his shoe was going to fall off. Like, I thought, that it, like, he, his foot was going to come out of the shoe, and that's why he was going to fall. Like, it was pretty dang close. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And so for Heat 2, the green team is one person short, and Desi ends up going twice again. Shouts to Desi. Um, and Team Red Flags is Bananas. As you mentioned, Bananas just floated across. He was there early. And then everyone starts falling, including Tori, which, of course, who do we think enjoyed that as well? Amanda, Amanda says, in all caps, ha, 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 Tori flopped. Get on my level, bitch. <laughs> Hashtag the challenge USA. I know at some point I'll stop reading Amanda's Twitter live stream, but, like, I just... I just enjoy this so much. I thought it was hilarious. Um, well, it is hilarious. And, you know, I was thinking, watching this episode made me think, why do people dislike Amanda, both, like, inside the house and outside the house? Because she's too much for people. And some people don't know how to un how to tolerate different personalities, right? And yeah. And in this world, if we compare her and Michelle, right? Or not even, not even her and Michelle, but, like, if we just compare – what happens mostly in this society where everyone's anonymous, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. people don't have to be held accountable because everyone has a voice. Everyone has a Twitter feed. Everyone can, you know, act tough from miles away or through their keyboard. But if Amanda is going to say what she's going to say on Twitter and then say it to your face, which most people in 2023 don't do that. People take that the wrong way. People take that as, oh, she's so aggressive. She's to this. She's to that. Where to me, I find that refreshing. Keep that same energy, right? Like, I, I like that. I appreciate that. Does it go over the top at certain points? Yeah, but she's consistent. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. And here's, I think, an important point. We praise Johnny Bananas and Wes and, well, I praise Devin for this kind of behavior, for this sort of frankness, cockiness, right? There's people out there who, for whatever reason, love Fessel and he does shit like this. Yeah. Right. I think it's held against her because she's a woman. Ooh. And, um, I think that's really unfair because like, seriously, aside from his success, what's the huge difference between her and Johnny bananas? In terms of personality, she's like a young Johnny Bananas. I know like what you're hockey. saying. Like just shit disturbing in the house. Yeah. Like yeah. during this fight, how many times, even before the fight, how many times did we hear him say, Fessy, come get your women? <laughs> yeah. that, that's not that different from saying you're a big dog out there, be a big dog in here. Yeah. Stirring the pots. Remember that yeah. meme, the classic meme of bananas just stirring the pot. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Exactly. And I, I think it's unfair that she gets singled out when she really doesn't start shit typically. Yeah. You that's know? fair. 
totally fair. And she got singled out by TJ, who, when he's announcing that the green team ends up winning, he points out that Amanda got across first. She's the first person to get across in the whole competition. And Desi went twice. So huge, huge win for the women of team green. If we're going to highlight that and be frank about what went down, great job there. And then we see Tori and Amanda being frenemies, which I thought was really fun, but also Tori being Tori because we see Tori getting into another hookup scenario in the house. And it makes me wonder, cause in her confessional, she's kind of like um, downplaying it or making it seem like, Oh, well, I don't really want something to happen. But, but like, in reality, I feel like, nah, we've seen Tori's resume before. And I feel like she is a almost like Johnny Bananas in a different way, or maybe kind of the same, but producing the show. And she kind of knows, like, if I get in a situation ship in every episode, I'm guaranteeing airtime. We also, though, like, we don't even have to look at her track record she spends the night in Sebastian's bed and I'm not saying that they hook up, but like Mm -hmm. there she is in intimate situations with him. She is like, he's like going to kiss her on the neck and stuff, but she's not like shying away. And I'm not saying that in a shameful way. I'm just saying like, she doesn't hate the situation. Like, correct. Yeah. If you don't want it. And it's like that sort of vibe, you can, not share a chair with him. You can certainly not return to his bedroom when you have a, your own bed. Totally agree. And that um, shot though, of this, everyone else snoring in the room, oh like that was so awkward <laughs> though. That is such a small bedroom Yeah, like that. I wouldn't like that, especially post COVID, right? Got to like lower guys, the Airbnb ranking on that house. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um, I think an interesting thing happens though during nominations. Okay. The green team, they've won. And after those conversations with like Michelle is trying to lobby to make it John A versus, versus Tori. And her plan is get the green team to vote for Tori. Then the house votes for John A mm-hmm. and the green team gets together and they have a civil, but interesting discussion where basically everybody is saying, Bananas and Tori. Yeah. Except Wes, who is like, oh, I don't know. And he like tries to make a case. And like Amanda's on the green team. And she's like, yeah, Tori can go. And I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> like Amanda is zero help to Wes in this situation. And there was, I want to give a shout out to Michaela because Michaela made such an airtight argument that Wes, who is a master debater, um couldn't really like diffuse the logic he lays out the case for like we shouldn't nominate these people we should and like his argument was i think fair he's like we're doing the house's work for them right like we shouldn't vote the way the house wants us to vote because we're just helping their game and that doesn't really help us and michaela counters by saying listen you help us so like you are invaluable to us because you're essentially a player coach you tell us how to do things and then you do it yourself like you show us how to do it she said bananas is that for them tori is that for them if we can get rid of their coach those other teams are weaker like if 
other teams are going to be getting for you and it's on us to protect you. We should be getting for their player coaches. And like, he didn't really have a response because Michaela's right. Like She's totally right. It was a, and like, I know she was making that argument because she's part of Michelle's Alliance. Mm-hmm. But even if she wasn't part of Michelle's Alliance, that is an accurate interpretation of what's going on. I like, thought this whole conversation was an absolute masterclass by everyone involved. Yeah. Right. Like Amanda maintained her level of being Amanda, right? Yeah. Like it's not surprising. It was real. West did a good job of making his point because he did bring up the fact, which I do think there's some logic there where it's like, Hey, yeah, we don't have to put up the big name. Let the house do that because you can do that in secrecy. We can put out someone strategic that actually helps our game. Now, mm-hmm. mind you, part of that is bananas. And that's where Michaela comes in because as you said, she makes a perfect point about just how much the vets play a role in their teams winning. Right. And the other point about that I want to make about Michaela was the way that she articulated herself, which is much better Mm -hmm. than I'm doing right now, but also the way that she just got her point across. It wasn't an argument like her and Wes couldn't have been saying more opposite things, but it wasn't an argument. It was just a conversation. And I thought that part was the most perfect because we see this scenario pop up in every season of the challenge, right? Yeah. Every single elimin- every single nomination ceremony is the same. And yet you have people that are on either side and yet either one person will be quiet and not say anything. And then they just get steamrolled by the vets or it'll turn out into an argument. And now there's infighting amongst your team. And this was the opposite. This was the most cordial right, nomination with, two sides not being on the same side but you know i think michaela and desi they did such a good job of just making their point and wes had to go to bananas and say hey man i tried but they backed me into a corner man there's nothing i could do and you know i I agree with him he had no options there he tried and he like amanda's playing her own game Cause like Amanda was of no help in that conversation to him, but yeah, like he could not have done more to try to prevent that from happening. But here's the thing though, Amanda, right? Like you're doing as much as you can. There's no way, even if she is on West's side, you weren't convincing. Cause the numbers, the rest of their team was so, um, there's so much conviction in their numbers that they weren't going to back down to what Wes and Amanda were saying anyways. So at least Amanda to me kind of does her job kind of like Wes did his job where it's like, Hey, we tried. Yeah. But then at a certain point you got to rein it back in. Cause you got to maintain a level of uh, partnership with the rest of your team. So I thought that part was really good, but I do wonder this. Okay. They know that the house wants the vets out, but I do think Wes was right. If you only picked one challenge vet, right, you can make a more united house front to get someone else out. But by putting Tori in, her team's only going to vote for the men. And then Bananas, wouldn't his team only do the same thing and vote for the women? Like, I think there's a strategic way that we'll see this all play out soon mm-hmm. where the team that wins will put up someone who they want to get out, let's say, but the strategic thing will actually be now you're doing it in a different way where, okay, well, we're going to make the house vote in Tory. 
We'll yeah. put in, you know, someone who's lesser, who's not really a target. So that way we don't really get much of the blame. But then all the dirty work is done behind the scenes, behind the anonymous vote. Kind of like what happened in the first episode. But anyways. Well, I looked, I just looked at how they did vote and it did end up eight votes went to women, eight votes went to men. Right. Which is unorganized and it's a bad split and it doesn't really make much sense. Right. There's yeah. no rhyme or reason to it um john a ends up being the vote and is that a big move i don't know i, I know john a has had some success on the challenge all-stars but overall john a is not really that strong of a competitor in the challenge uh we're well first of all how dare you sir we are in the john a renaissance <laughs> the john a sans and fair enough fair enough <laughs> and she has really developed her game over all stars. Mm -hmm. She is so how I'm trying to think of how I can, who I could compare her game is like a more subtle Devin. Hold on. I was going to give you, I'm going to give you this and you're going to, you're going to hit this. I'm going to set this one up on a T for you and you're going to smash this one out of the park. John a in her stage of a career, her career right now, it's kind of like when Jose Batista came to the Blue Jays, right? You had an all right yep. career so far. You're in the league. You're doing okay, but you're trying to find your place, trying to find your role. And the challenge all-stars represents Cito Gaston, right? Yep, yep. OG of the organization. Yep. And he's there to just give you some information, give you some guidance. And then you put the other pieces together. Boom, you start having some good seasons. Yeah, you know what? That's a very apt metaphor. So, because the, the way John A plays, <laughs> I like the smile on your face right now. The way John A plays is very. She does avoid going into like head-to-head -head eliminations because she knows that's not her strong suit. She's really good. I won't say at manipulating the house, but building alliances, getting people to vote like the way that she wants uh and like arguing her case effectively mm -hmm. but then she's good at like running like she's good at the actual final challenge and like puzzles and stuff and too. puzzle yeah she's good at puzzles so like she i do think it's a decent power move but i don't think it's the best move because i don't think she's the biggest threat among the challenge vets Agreed. i think bananas wes and Tori, and to a lesser extent, Corey, are the biggest threats. Totally agree with you. Um, this elimination, uh, there's basically, so obviously it's John A versus Tori. There's a huge board that looks like Plinko from uh, uh, Price, Price is right. right. And a ball drops from the Plinko board, and you have to catch the ball and then put the ball in your basket. And the twist here is that there is a silver ball, which is worth three points as opposed mm. to the one point that the other balls are worth. And right away when I saw this and TJ acknowledged that there'd be a physical portion of this where you can stop your opponent from scoring. That was when I was like, I didn't think John A had much of a chance before, but once you add in the physical nature of it, Tori is one of the most physical female competitors and even just physical competitors, period, because as we mentioned all the time, male or female, 
it doesn't really matter if you don't want the smoke. Tori mm -hmm. wants the smoke of a physical elimination, and we've seen her do a good job in it before. So it was pretty much lights out as soon as you realized what this elimination was. I will say, for all the things I just said about John A., I give her a lot of credit because she put she up did a well. Fight. She yeah. didn't back down. She still fought the whole way through and really tried her hardest in this and had a lead at one point, right? Like she yeah. did all right. She held her own. Yeah. Um, she, what didn't work for John, John A was, as you said, she didn't really want the smoke. Like she, at one point, I think when she took the lead, she realized, okay, the balls are falling so quickly that, when Tori is running to put hers away, I just have to catch one mm -hmm. and then I can put that away. Whereas Tori realized, oh, if I see that a silver ball is coming. Or you hear just, someone yell, there's a silver ball coming. Yeah, I just got a dummy John A. Like I just got to shove her down, throw her into a wall or knock a ball out, do something to like delay her, mm -hmm. catch the sil silver ball. And then like for every ball she gets, I'm getting three points. So like, it doesn't matter. And that's basically how it played out. Great play. I think by Tori, like you said, John a showed a lot of heart, did the best she could. Like no one's going to like look down on her performance. Um, I was sorry to see John a go. Like I was curious to see how her role could have developed in the house. Cause like, mm -hmm. like I said, she's an interesting player and I've really developed a lot of respect for her. Um, but then we come to something that I found interesting. Tori won 29-15. They have, again, she has the opportunity to defect. You asked me this before with Michelle. I'm going to turn around on you. Can I, can I you ask you something before, before this? Yeah. Just because I don't want to go too far away from this. Who in challenge history could have beaten Tori in that elimination? Laurel. Mm-hmm. Maybe Kara. You just went like one, two down my list that I had written down as well. Um, yeah. It's been a long time, but like uh, Jen with two ends. Oh, Jen uh, with two ends. See, I had Jenny. Oh, yeah. Jenny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jenny yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. um, Evelyn. I mean, she's, I don't Ooh. think Evelyn's ever coming back on the show, but like Evelyn for sure okay. could have. Okay. Um, Emily. Yeah. Yeah. Emily Schramm. Is that her name? Right. Yeah. Emily Schramm, friend of the show. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. I think they, I think actually Smashly, if oh. properly motivated, would have been mm. an interesting challenge because I feel like she's feisty. She's feisty. She's smart. Not as strong, I think, as Tori. But like, I think. Oh, Anissa. Oh, yeah. Anissa would have been hard to move. Mm -hmm. which like was basically the center of Tory strategy. Right. Yep. So like, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I, th I okay. think there's some, I honestly, but there's no one else on this cast that we think could have beaten her. I was just going to say, I think Amanda would have presented an interesting challenge. We saw that already. Remember they talked about it. They talked, Amanda talked about the fact that she faced off against Tori. Remember she called her out and they went head to oh, yeah. head in a physical elimination and Tori, you know, Tori handled her business, but like, not Amanda's surprising. Amanda's tough as hell, though, and is fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. It's an interesting question, though. <laughs> so what I wanted to ask you, though, okay, was 
Tori has the opportunity to defect from the blue team to either the red or the green team. What do you think she should have done? Hmm. I think Tori, honestly, I like her team. I think the blue team is a really good team. So I disagree respectfully. And so does longtime listener Hollywood, AKA the unreal foggy. Okay. Who tweeted at us or X'd at us. What do we even say? Said (laughs) on social media, if Tori was smart, she would have went to the green team, build a team of vets. And I have to agree. I think that's the move. I think that every time a, a vet is put into an elimination, if they win, you defect to a team. And also notably, like Wes lost that vote essentially. And like Amanda was of no help again. So right? wouldn't the move be to go to team red flag? Cause they have more vets. Uh, no, because then you're dealing with, again, the combustible elements of like, unless you pick <laughs> Michelle, yeah. right. But like, yeah, I think the, what the vets have to do have to, they have to try to consolidate their power. Okay. In, into one team. Like if it's going to be like them versus everybody, then make it them versus everybody. Take out the like the sort of combustible elements and like, you know, form up, like swing the vote. Like I was going to say, so Amanda was a virtually no help to Wes in that debate. Well, if you have Tori and Wes on the green team, Right. And like, you can kind of expect as well that like, I think Desi is someone to beat. And if you're on the same team as her, at least you have like common interests for like the first half or three quarters of the show or however it turns out to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Which brings me to something that another listener had for us. Okay. Julia Lamana, longtime listener says, now that you've seen some episodes of Challenge USA, you and Sheldon should do a top five draft. Loser has to slide into Nelson's DMs with a compliment. So the idea being, basically, you and I do a fantasy league where we pick who we think is going to like make the final and whoever gets the most people or like wins the whole thing, wins this competition. Loser has to say something nice directly to your man, Nelson. I love this idea. I'm not saying we do it today because I think we both need to do research and prep, but how about not that we ever do research or prep for anything, but how about for the start of the next episode of you killed it, we say who our top five are. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. Um, I do know there's, there's another thing. Cause there's some more comments here from Amanda. I do like this. I don't know if she'd be in my top five to win, but she's in my top five in terms of entertainment. Um, she says that she points out the fact that, uh, how come Tori always gets a physical elimination and another, she reposts a comment that says, I wish it would. Oh, sorry. She says, uh, where is it here? Can Tori get, oh no, she retweets someone else named King Ike that says, can Tori get a physical elimination against like Jenny or something? 
Hashtag the challenge USA. And Amanda says, bra facts. Call that bitch up now. She says the linebacker wins a football elim. Shocker. But then gives praise to John A. Says John A is a bad bitch. She's rich. She doesn't give a fuck. Also, John A is so humble. She never brags about her multiple wins. She's got a whole ass life outside of the challenge. Talk about a bad bitch with balance. Fucking love her. Hashtag the challenge USA. Shouts to Amanda. Yeah, Amanda's great. Yeah. Um, here's an important question, Shelly. Who killed it for you this week? Um, other than Amanda, who says it was lame that they didn't show them going to going out that night to the quote unquote club. I was in my winning era acting extra AF eating up every second. Um, <laughs> Amanda is not my MVP of this episode though. Okay. My MVP of this episode. And I'm telling you again, I'm stressing this. This is not bit. It's actually Michelle. Michelle won an elimination, right? She won an elimination which you got to give her credit for. Like it was set up for her to get backdoored and get eliminated off the first episode, but she wins. And then not only that of all the vets that are in this house, tell me who is in a better position than Michelle, because all the vets are outnumbered. All the other people have realized, Hey, we need to get the vets out. She was even leading her crew of saying the exact same thing despite the fact that she's a vet herself, she's in a perfect position. If she just kind of lays low, doesn't really, you know, do too much to, to like get either side too upset. She plays her position correctly. This could work out well for her because she has, she can hide behind the vets and be like, Hey, we're challenge vets. We shouldn't go to each other. We should keep our numbers, the little numbers that we have. But then she also knows that her survivor big brother crew is going to hold it down for her, and they're not going to try to vote her out either. And now John A, like she knows John A and who? Amanda were the people who really wanted her out, who are going to try to rally troops. But now that they see what the vets are doing, going to back off. I'm just going to say it. She killed it because she's in the best position of all the vets. I am going to go with someone who I think is a little off the board. Okay. I'm going to go with Desi. Okay. Because Desi really showed us something crossing twice. Like she did two rounds. Uh, she is in a great place on the green team, who I think is a very solid team. And I expect that at some point, our man Wes is going to switch from supporting the challenge vets to just trying to win this damn thing. Yeah. And I can imagine that that is going to look a lot like him riding with Michaela and Desi and just like forming a bond on the green team. Um, and I thought Michaela really like showed us who she is in the best possible way. in that debate with Wes, like it's, it is hard to win an argument with Wes, mm -hmm. but I think she won it and also won his respect. Mm -hmm. But Desi was also part of that conversation and she's not going to catch any heat. Like when Wes goes back to bananas and like tells them the whole story, like we only saw a snippet of their conversation. You know that he's going to say Michaela's clearly in a in a an alliance with Michelle and all those people. Desi though 
doesn't come off so bad. I think Desi's in a really good spot because she had a hand in things, but wasn't the ringleader. You know what I mean? No, and she's just totally like agree. winning everyone's respect. I'm a big Desi fan. As am I. Totally agree with you. Where can the good people find you on social media? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get this pod, whether you're watching the video on YouTube or Twitch. Just search for the On Blast Podcast Network or find the You Killed It pod. You can find us wherever you listen and download your podcast. Bless it with a like, a retweet. Send your comments and questions into myself and, of course, to John. Where can the people find you? You can find me basically on any social media platform under at J. Chidley Hill. Nice and simple for the people. Because mm-hmm. I'm nice and simple for the people. <laughs> Until next week, this was You Killed It. That was pretty good. You, you. killed it.